All right. Y'all ready for the word today? All right. Well, let's let's have a little word of prayer and let's begin. Father, in Jesus name, we honor and salute you for who you are. You are the great I am that I am. God, without you, we will be nothing. So I pray this day, God, that your people, hearts and minds will be open to receive the word of God like never before. God, our heart desire is that minds will be changed so our actions will change and line up with pleasing you. David, declare thy word that I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you, God. We just desire to be a better people. God, we desire to bring glory from heaven here in the earth. So we thank you for what you're about to do in this house. It's in the matchless name of Jesus Christ we do pray. Amen. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together one more time. Amen. You know, coming up here is not the easiest thing, man. And all, all week, I've been saying, man, Sunday coming, Sunday coming. It's here now. But one thing, you know, definitely uh, share, I like to share parts of my life when I believe people grab things when they can relate with you about their, your life and their life. You know, I grew up in the early 80s and 90s. And we didn't have to deal with a lot of things that people are dealing with today. In all, actual, in all actuality, we were content with what we had. Watch this, until somebody came and made fun of it, the thing that we was happy about or even proud of. Y'all remember that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but biggest lie ever told. That is the biggest lie ever told. In all reality, some of these words shaped and molded us into the very opposite of what God said we were. He said we were fearfully and wonderfully made and that we were the craftsmanship of his handiwork. And it even bled over into our culture. Nowadays, we pride ourselves in looking rich and dying broke. We like to look good. In fact, some of this stuff broke, bled over into our families. You know, that whole lifestyle of living rich down broke. And it's actually not profiting us anything or the people or, or our people in the culture is literally killing us. And I know you heard the saying before, you know, we was poor. You know, and the people around us were poor, and we didn't even know what poor was because we was all poor. And the reality is this. Who said you were poor? The definition of being poor is not having the means to be able to afford the necessary necessities of life. When we were little, man, we, we, we didn't even know we was poor because we had everything that we needed. Absolutely. You know, mom didn't have it all, but... It wasn't until people got into our heads saying what you got on, the shoes you got on, or you don't have enough, which caused us to go to a place of competing and comparing so we can fit into a culture that, was, that we was already content in. We were already living lives. You know, I, it, it takes me back to Genesis when Adam ate the fruit and the Bible said that their eyes were open and then they came to God and said, you know, we naked. And he said, who told you you was naked? You know, the reality is, who told you you was poor? You know, 
To me, success is being able to live where all your needs are being met. Now, we do have different levels of success, but your success should not be, de be defined according to perfection. It shouldn't be defined according to what you wear. It shouldn't be defined on where you live. It shouldn't be defined on what you drive. We need to get to a place of being content and living our lives where um, we're successful on our own level. Prime example, when I was younger, man, I'm talking about 25, maybe 25 years ago. And honestly, me and my friend, me and my friend goal was, do y'all know what North Riverside Mall is? Y'all know that long stretch between Roosevelt to Cermak, it was these houses lived over there. Man, our whole goal was to one day live over there, man, and, you know, have fancy cars and stuff like that. Now, that's one person goal. And the funny thing is, we met that goal. When we were young, we actually met that goal. But now, once you get to that level, you can't be at a place of contentment. Now you got to go to a place, another place of success. Amen? Amen. Now, I was thinking about this, Pastor Twan, and that whole poor thing was really on my mind. You know, in all actuality, we do not supposed to be poor. No one in your family is supposed to be poor. The reason that we don't supposed to be poor, and I got a Bible on it, is that the Bible tells us to leave an inheritance to our children's children. Now, that's a blueprint for us to live. If I left an inheritance for my grandson, my son's whole purpose is to leave an inheritance for his son, grandson. Therefore, there should never be anyone broke because we're staying with the blueprint in which Jesus had, or the Bible had told for us to live in. Therefore, nobody should be broke. Nobody should be in a place of lack because we follow the blueprint in which, you know, the Bible set for us. Jesus never wanted us to be fulfilled with things. Uh, upper room, can you guys give me Mark 13 and 1 in the Amplified? Jesus never wanted us to be fulfilled or find life fulfillment in things. He says, I am true. I, I'm the true fulfillment. Mark chapter 13, verse 1 in the Amplified, it reads, and as we were coming out of the temple grounds, one, is, one of his disciples said to him, teacher, Look what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings that's here. Jesus replied to him, you see these great buildings, not one stone will be left one on another. Jesus was chilling with the disciples, man, and they was like, man, look at the Sears Tower. Look at the John, I'm bringing it home. Look at the John Hancock. And Jesus said, you know what? Not one of these stones will be left here. And he was telling us, for us not to put weight in everything that we see because there's going to be a day when none of this stuff will return. Absolutely. Upper room, can I get Mark 6, verse 19? Start at verse 19. Never lie, I'm going to teach this thing. Dry mouth. Mm -mm. I'm going to teach this thing. Mark 6. Now, this is Jesus speaking. He said, do not store up for yourselves material treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up to yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is all 
um, your heart and your desires that would be that on which your life enters. Jesus is saying to us, don't put your trust, don't put all your weight on the different things that's in your life. He said, don't put all your weight on jewelry. Don't put all your weight on cars and houses. I have a Tahoe. And when I tell you, it's a 2003 Tahoe, it's a kind of older Tahoe, but when I was a kid, I always wanted that Tahoe. So once I got older, guess what? I bought that Tahoe. I love that Tahoe. My wife took it from me. But I love that Tahoe. But one thing I noticed about the Tahoe is that it don't matter how much I love it, it's rusting out. You know, all these different things and stuff that we put a lot of weight in. The Lord said, look, all this stuff at some point will not be worth anything. He says, store up your treasures in heaven. What do he mean by store up your treasures in heaven? At one point, he's telling us to um, focus on the things that would be pleasing unto the father being nice to one another, helping those who are in need. This is what he calls storing up treasures up in heaven. Um, okay, I know we in Lifeline, some pretty smart people in here, so let's, let's take a, a few points. You know, if you ain't got no points, you ain't preach here. Yeah. All right. We a Bible church here. We... We stand flat-footed and teach the word so people's lives could be changed. Amen. The first point is the mission is Jesus. That's the first point. The mission is Jesus. I need everybody to look at somebody and repeat this. You are not the mission. You are not the mission. I know we lost track during the years, you know, we got a little self-centered, you know, we thought life was all about us, us prospering, you know, us getting the house, you know, the extravagant trips, you know, all these different things. But look at somebody and say, nope, it's not about you. You know, all these things come with Jesus. The extravagant trips, the fancy cars, the peace in your home, the happy marriage, all of these come along with Jesus. These things are like that caramel drizzle on that Marcel cake. Watch this. It's not the cake. Jesus, the cake. These things is the drizzle, that, that nice drizzle of caramel that's on that cake. That's what these things are. That great drizzle. Watch this. And all these toppings, when you're connected to Christ, all has come along with it. Matthew 6 and 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these toppings. Yeah. <laughs> will be given unto you. So he said, we seek after him, man. The truth, here's the thing, true fulfillment, you can't even enjoy these things without Christ. Man, y'all ever been on a trip somewhere and didn't have a good time, but everything was lined up, your flight took off right, and you know, the room was nice, the food was good, but you just won, ugh. But you know, when you got Jesus, Jesus make everything better. Tell somebody, say, Jesus make everything better. He wants us to have joy. What is joy? Floyd... Floyd definition of joy is, is an emotion that comes from God. Joy also says, God having you is enough fulfillment 
to weather anything I go through. He wants us to be one. That's point number two. He wants us to be one, unified in everything. His children, he wants us unified in everything. Notice I didn't say agreement, but unified, because there's going to be times where we're not going to be in agreement, but it's a requirement for us to be unified. Prime example, me and my wife, we don't agree on everything. Don't worry, y'all. God working on them. He, 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 he go get her right. He go. But, but watch this. But we are always unified together above all because we share a union together. If we were coming to church in the same car and she wanted to take 16th down to Austin and I want to take Roosevelt down to Austin, we're not in agreement, right? But because we're in the same car and we make it to the same destination, that makes us unified. So you don't need to be in agreement to be unified. Because ultimately, when you share a union, when you unify someone, you go get there together. Tap your neighbor and say, we go get there. We, we go get there. We go get there. But one thing that's important, you don't have to be in agreement, but there is a power when you are in agreement. Matthew 18 and 19 in the King James Version says, for whether our two or three gathered together, that word together means unified in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Again, I say to you, number 20, that if two of you shall agree on earth touching anything, there is power. If there are two of you touching and agreeing on anything, if me and my wife say, look, our son shall be great. If we touching and agreeing in that, then it's going to come to, to pass because of our agreement. So there is power in agreement and you can get further where there is agreement. Also, I think it's in one of the Psalms, I think it may be 133, it talks about where there's unity, there's a commanded blessing. Where there is unity, where we are unified at, the blessing is commanded. I don't think y'all caught that. If you are in agreement with your mother, your son, your brother, your sister, there is a commanded blessing to come. And I'd rather God command anything than man to command anything. All right. I don't know what point this is. Point three? This, this three, Foster? <laughs> Be at peace with all men. Be at peace with all men. I got a special man in the house today. No, not you, son. My son looking at me like, not you. My dad is in the house today. Dad, can you come up here for a second? Gotta see where I got my looks from now. Look at this dude. Uh-huh. Watch that high step, Dad. Watch that high step. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Me and my father, we, we, we didn't have the best relationship growing up. You know, life hit and things occurred in which I felt like 
my dad wasn't present for me for. And I was a little upset with that. But as I got older, I understand how sometimes life hit and we are not equipped to handle life correctly, which causes other things to be a little short. But Jesus commanded us to be at peace with one another. Now watch this. The scripture says, he who the son is set free is free indeed, right? Now my pops was dealing with some issues that the Lord delivered them and set him free from. You know, he broke the bondages and the chains that was on his life. Once he got to that place where he was free, he came for me. But watch this. I put chains back on him. Ain't that some? Jesus set him free. But I put chains back on him based off what I went through in my life. Look at her name and say, that ain't right. That ain't right. Can you imagine getting a phone call in the middle of the night saying, Mr. So-and-so, Sister So-and-so, your son was killed. This man got two of those calls. Two sons got killed. Now, I'm sitting over here mad at him because he didn't make it to my graduation. But could you imagine losing not one son, but two sons that in turn turn your life upside down, which caused you to go to another direction in life? Watch this. I think sometimes we put so much accountability on our parents that we forget their humanity. We, I put so much accountability upon, on him not knowing that as a man he was dealing with his own issues. And watch this, since we are all human, we all make mistakes. But Jesus said, be at peace with all men. So now me and my dad, our relationship is being restored. But watch this. I'm, I'm going to look y'all up in a secret. The Lord saved the best part of him for me. Because this man here is at his best years ago when I wanted the relationship. So a lot of times we thinking that we're not getting something. But at the same time, the Lord was saving the best for me. You got to be at peace with all men. Love you, Dad. Watch that step. Watch that step. We got to be at peace with all men. All right. Now, another point. I don't know why they gave me 50 minutes. It's 30 minutes left. And I. And Chris and I got about five more notes, man. Like five more sentences. It's 30 minutes left. Only preachers know about that. All right. Point number four. Walking in the image of Christ. That's the fourth point. Walking in the image of Christ. It says in, 
the Bible. Therefore, see that you walk. I didn't put the scripture number down there. Look, I'm keeping it real, man. Y'all, I ain't got all that charisma like Pastor Twan and Pastor Reggie. I'm unpolished. Very unpolished. But I bet you I'll go get it, though. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> walk. <laughs> okay, that's right. Okay, it says, therefore, see that you walk carefully living with the life, living a life with honor, purpose, courage, shunning those who tolerate and enable evil. Not as the unwise, but as wise, sensible, intelligent, discerning people. This is what Christ wants us to be here in the earth. And it's not hard. I think the reality is we like to hold on to the things that we want. That really not a great, is a great representation of Christ. That's why he tells us to daily deny ourselves, you know, pick up our own cross and follow him. Sometimes it's a process, but we'll get there. You know, the more you put a little bit down, the weight get a little lighter. So just put a little bit down. Sometimes just put a little bit down. But he wants us to walk this way so others may see our lifestyle. And I believe even now in the season that we're dealing with, where it's all this craziness going on, people go need to see some encouragement. Not here. You notice I didn't say here. They're going to need to see some encouragement. It's going to be through you. God is going to use you and you and you and you. He's going to use all of y'all. Say amen to that. That's my dad's words there. Say amen to that. Okay. All right. Jesus wants us to be filled with compassion. Okay. Can I get on the monitors Matthew 14 and 14? Excuse me. Point five. All right. <laughs> Matthew 14 and 14. And it says, as Jesus went forth and saw the great multitudes and was moved with compassion toward them and healed their sick, he healed their sickness. That's, a, that's one point of compassion I want to show you. Can you go to Mark 6 and 34 in the King James Version? I think this is the one that I like the most. Mark 6 and 34. It says, and Jesus, when he came out, he saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd, and began to teach them many things. There are so many sheep out here that we walk past, ride past every day with no shepherd. And when I say that part, not no shepherd, I mean like dealing with mental illness, those who are hungry, you know, those who are just hurt and broken. And as believers of Christ, we need to have compassion because compassion moves us to action. You know, you can't go past a little kid and see him crying on the curb from hunger and you finish the whole sandwich. At some point, compassion should move us to action. And that's what Jesus, you know, he kind of wanted us to be in that place. So I found all these scriptures on compassion, Pastor Kelly. Mark 14, now Mark 1 and 41 says, And Jesus was moved with compassion and put forth his hand and touched them and saying, I will be thou clean. Um, 
I believe as believers, man, we, we, we are in a good place because we have Christ as our number one. We have Christ as the one who can uh, do many and great things through us. And I believe it's time for the church to actually stand up. You know, we went through a whole lot during this pandemic and it took a lot out of us. Um, I sometimes sit and think what the pandemic actually did to the church. Um, and I move with compassion with that because it's kind of hard seeing people that you used to run around a church with, you know, now living lives that's, you know, not pleasing to God. Yeah. So once we get back to that place of compassion, we can help those and get them to their rightful places. Amen. Amen. Let me close this thing up. I think I may have a good eight minutes left in me. <laughs> A good eight minutes. Chris, get ready. Get ready, Chris. <laughs> Last but not least, I'm a financial man. I think God wants us to be self-sufficient. Um, and not self-sufficient for ourselves, but being in a place where we could be able to help and to aid one another. You know, I was driving one day. Sister Kelly, and I, I saw a man with a sign. And his sign said, I ain't always been like this. Man, a lot of times we see people where they are and not knowing where they was or who they were. And I think it's by the grace of God that we are all here in this place where we can be a blessing to others. Um... I told y'all I'm a financial dude. I believe in saving money, man. I believe in saving money. My wife is really a little angry at me because I do a lot more cooking now. Or should I say air frying? You know, I don't know if that's really cooking. <laughs> I put everything in that air fryer. Everything. But <laughs> it's a plan to it, Pastor Kelly. You know, I'm saving money. You know, and I'm not only trying to secure my family future, but I want to be like Pastor Reggie mentioned, being, being able to uh, be a blessing to others. Man, my son got his first apartment, and um, <laughs> Pastor Twan, he, he flew out the, I kicked him out, and he looked like he was gonna fall, that bird, you know, but <laughs> he, he fell. But he bounced back up. Proud of you, son. And, 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 and it's small to others, but, you know, coming from where I'm coming from, I was able to help him put his house together. I, you know, I had the wherewithal. I can say, here, son, here goes some money, man. Go get what you need to get. And this is the why I afri, Pastor Keisha. So when somebody need it, I can reach for it. You know, that's success, man. Success is being able to reach for it and it being there. People who, got, who have bumper-to-bumper -bumper warranties, they don't worry about when they service engine light come on. They take it right to the shop. But if you ain't got no money, that service engine light come on. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, you know, what's, what's going on? Man, I believe money is only a problem when you ain't got it.
That's the only time money is the problem. And I made up in my mind that my decisions is gonna be able to help my grandson, you know. You know, I'm not no, 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 no label head, but I be fly though, y'all know that. But here's the thing. I believe in seeing my money than spending my money. You know, it feel good to look, you know, you get that little, after you put something in the bank, that little thing, that the receipt come out, you're like, ooh, that's nice. You know what I'm saying? Versus wearing something nice, you know, but I'm, as, as I'm getting older, I think more future bound more than now. I worry about if Ukraine goes send a, I'm say Russia goes send a cyber attack and they have messed up all the bank accounts, but you know, you still got this in a nest egg. Pastor told us to get that safe and put you 10, 20,000 in there so you don't have to be in line begging for bread. Because I think that's a part of agenda too with them setting us up with all this stimulus stuff. You know, they're trying to get you to become dependent on them. So once they pull the rug up on you, now you got to take the mark. But David said, man, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Where's Chris? Come on, man. Help me. I told you I had eight minutes. Help me. But yeah. But honestly, man, that's the thing that I love about this church called Lifeline, man. We put ourselves, we're not just emotional misfits. We love the Lord and we go shout and we go cry and we go run. But at the same time, we go write that $10,000 check and help this family and buy that house and buy this house. Absolutely, you know. And it takes teachings like this for us to be sober and get this thing, you know. Ain't no telling what you all got out there. I believe Holy Spirit is so intelligent that he can speak to all of us concerning the very placements in which we live. So I pray today that something that was said hits your heart so you could become a better you. That's what all church is about, you becoming a better you. You telling somebody that that man died, he was buried and he got up again just for you. And what I have, you can have too. Amen. Come on, put your hands together for the word of God this day. Amen. Amen.